the message uh, tonight is no boundaries and it's a uh, it's a wonderful time you're going to hear jesus teaching uh, his disciples primarily but there are thousands that are there as he is endeavoring to share some major principles that mean change to the culture of the jews now i got to tell you if you can imagine that you've been steeped in religion and a religious tradition your whole life and that's a part of being hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years what would it take to change your mind and say what you know now is not what the future is going to look like jesus comes into town he's on scene and one of the things that helped them listen to his message more aggressively is he could perform miracles. He could do the supernatural. That really got their attention. So he tells them things like we know and they'd been used to, an eye for an eye, you know, an eye for an eye, a slap for a slap. He said, no, that's not what you need to do anymore. Well, you knew that some of those Jewish men, like old Peter, he's scratching his head and he's saying, well, what do you want? What do you want us to do? Love everybody? Is that what you want? Just to forgive them? And you know, Jesus answered, yeah, Peter, ah, that's exactly what I want you to do. Now, in this teaching, as we get to set in and listen to Jesus teach, here's what he's introducing, not judgment. I talked about that last week. But he's talking about a dispensation of God's grace. God's grace and God's mercy. And he's preparing the people that are listening, and particularly his disciples, to consider being a servant. Being a servant to the Jews. Oh, but Jesus is going a step further. He's saying, not only do I want you to serve the Jews, but I want you to serve the Gentiles. I want you to serve whosoever will. Wow. Serve whosoever will. Write that down. That's a new one. And Jesus is building a new culture that he's asking them to function in. What is he doing? Gradually, very carefully, truth after truth, precept upon precept. He's changing their character by changing, with his teaching, their spiritual perception of who God is. You see, they saw God as a God of judgment. They saw God as a God that, buddy, we've made so many mistakes, and every time his judgment comes, and he is ready to push that button any day. But Jesus is teaching because he was God. He was the Son of God. He's teaching them that there's a part of God that you haven't really been exposed to, and it's the God of mercy and it's a God of grace. He is luring them to change their financial foundational stance from a knowing about God from a historical perspective to knowing God from an experiential relationship. Oh yeah, I know God, you know, I, I understand, I've read the Torah, I know all about that. And Jesus is saying, no, I want you to have an experience. I don't want you to have just that historical perspective as we, we would call that religion. And it's on the Sermon on the Mount that is giving them specific instruction. And we know, we know that he's making a positive change 
And they're having to calculate that in their mind. So here's what he says. Listen up, everybody. He says, Matthew 7, this is a new rule. And here it is. So in everything, saying this to everyone, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Well, that's something new. Do to others that you would have them do unto you. He said, right, that's the rule. Everything that you do, every action, every thought, even you stubborn people out there, understand. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. Be kind and gracious. And then he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to know the foundation of having God's best his grace and mercy is found in your relationship, and it is a vertical relationship. It's you and God, direct in line. But he said the manifestation of the depth and height of that vertical relationship will be found in your horizontal relationship. How you manage and how you accept and how you love Jew and Gentile. Is there someone in your life Someone in your relationships that you just despise? Is there someone that's wronged you and abused you that you, you're listening to this right now and you're thinking about it? It'll be a cold day in July before I do good unto them. And yet you're going to find that that is extremely important because Jesus said, this is the law of the prophets. This is a rule that I want you to understand. He said it is a relationship that you experience one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, here's what will happen. If you expect God's grace and God's mercy, this rule is going to become important. It's going to be something extremely important. I was in a place the other day and I bought something that said, do you have, uh, I, I don't know what it was, do you have, do you have uh, a member number? No, I don't have a member number. Uh, and well, do you have a coupon for that? No, I don't, I don't have a coupon. I didn't, didn't know I needed a coupon. And she said, wait a minute. She reached over, grabbed a coupon that she had and put it under the scope of of uh, the catch register there, the laser saved me 30% on that. And I thought, wow, how wonderful is that? I was going to pay 30% more, but she had a coupon that's there. You see, here's the beauty. When you want your direct relationship with God vertically to be correct, then the manifestation horizontally is going to have to be correct. Why? Because God says, I have things in store for you that you will never get until you learn what's going on on that horizontal relationship. He said, your prayers is extremely important for number one. He said, how you pray when you pray. Well, we all know that we have prayers and we have needs, don't we? We pray, oh God, I need healing. I need my friend to be healed. If you don't mind, I need I need some financial help now. I, I'm unemployed, and God, I need you to step in and do some miracles. I, I need a miracle in my marriage. I, I need you to do something there. Soften the heart of each of our team here. 
And God, I, I want you to know that I have need of a position. I need a raise in that position. I, I need more power. I need more influence. I, I need a resolution to a dilemma. I cannot figure it out. I don't have the Rubik's Cube ability to be able to change a Rubik's Cube like some people can. So God, you're, you're going to have to help me. And then Lord, here's what I I need a miracle. We've already talked to the doctors. We already talked to the bankers. We've already talked to those that would have influence over this situation. And the only way we're going to, the only way we're going to get out and be able to do what you, is we're going to need a miracle. And not only that, we're going to need relief from a, a really, really difficult situation that we're in. You see, God welcomes us to call on him for all of our needs. He loves when we have that vertical relationship. But if you, do you notice that the manifestation of answered prayer is done through the horizontal relationship? You see, the result of prayers being answered more expeditiously and abundantly is based on this, on the position of your heart. So if you want prayers and you want God to listen carefully, and he does here, you're going to need to know that that vertical relationship with God is one of passion, and we'll talk in a minute, but that'll be manifested here in your horizontal relationship. You cannot hate people and be proud of it and say you're in love with God. Well, let's move on a little bit. Listen carefully to this. Well, if our relationship is right, and we pray, and our relationship with others is right, how do you believe how quickly God is going to answer our prayers according to his divine and perfect will? I want his will. So when you meditate and you call on the Lord, then you know, God, as far as I know, my heart is pure. And not only is my heart is pure, that's a check. But as far as I know, I don't have resentment or bitterness or ought in my heart toward anyone else. Well, here's what happens. The closer you get to God in your relationship, the less trouble you're going to have horizontally with human beings. Here's what David said in Psalm 61, verse number two. This is bold and vivacious. He said, from the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David has said, I have found my source. I have found the solution to my problem. I found a reward to all of the efforts of acting faith. Then he says in Luke 24, 32, they ask each other, these are the disciples, when they had interaction with Jesus after his resurrection, said, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? What does is, what is David say? He said, I called on the Lord loudly. The disciples said, you know what? While we were with him and while he talked with us and while he walked with us, he said, we felt the anointing of God's Spirit. COVID-19 has opened up a lot of things. You might call it it's a bad, bad deal, but there's some positive things. And in fact, it's given some a little more time to be able to spend intimate time with Jesus. To be able to say, well, God, I, 
I really want you to move here. And the more you get involved and engaged in getting close to God, here's what will happen. Everything else that gives you a problem will begin to cease and desist. We know that. Here's what they were saying. God, I desire you. Say that right there where you are. God, I desire you. It's about, I desire you. Lord, fill my heart with passion for you. Fill my heart for passion. And Lord, fill my mind with godly choices. Let me pray and seek your face. And Lord, give me an experience that cannot be explained away. Oh, may your sweetest experience of Jesus not be a memory. May your sweetest experience of Jesus be something that's happened to you recently. That said, God, I entered in to the holy of holies and, and I enjoyed that. State with boldness and power, Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. I am fully persuaded. And then Psalms 42 says, David again, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, oh my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. David said, nothing else is important. I'm building a case of strength in my vertical relationship. And the closer that I get to God, then the manifestation of those things horizontally in my life and others, my friend, seems to dissipate because you are filled up with the passion of loving on the Lord Jesus Christ. Relationships cause us to embrace that golden rule, creating the opportunity to go to the head of the line when God decides to give favor. Just give favor. It's automatic. The request. Here it is, the request. That's true. The rule. Now we have the request. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you're going to find. Knock and the door will be open to you. What a joy it is to approach the Father with confidence and know that you're in right relationship. I call it the request. I, I, I know some people, for example, and Often we sing uh, choruses and we've had sing-alongs from time to time. And, and they're just some people. You can start a song out and uh, hardly matters what season that they're in and they can pick it up and move right on. Or you can pick a, a, a gospel song or a charismatic chorus. Or you can pick a, a chorus or a song that might be in the, uh, in the social media market out there from years ago that Frank Sinatra. And these, some of these people have the ability, boy, to just, just pick it right up. I am not one of those. It takes all I can do to remember the words, happy birthday to you. And some days I get that mixed up. The request. What is the rule? What is the rule? The rule is put everything you have in that intimate relationship with Jesus. It will bring trust. It will bring strength. It will bring peace. And that relationship will be manifested horizontally. But now the request. The joy of approaching the Father when you know that you have right relationship of passion. He says, here's how I want you to do it. You see, before it's like, okay, bring an animal to the temple steps and the courts. Then the priests once a year go back into the Holy of Holies and incense and everything else is going to be burned. And you're, you're way out there with the thousands of other people 
that are getting bloody and dirty by bringing their animals in for sacrifice. He says no longer that when Jesus rose from the dead, the veil in the temple was rent and he said, you can boldly go in and make your request known to God. How wonderful. We can do that because we have that relationship. But he says, when you're approaching the throne room of God, here's how I want you to do in that relationship. I want you to ask, I want you to seek, and I want you to knock. He said, get that through your head. It's not a drive-through. It's not something you get a coupon with. He says, the closer you get to the Lord Jesus, the easier it will be to ask, the more determined you'll be to seek, the more boldly you will knock. Ask. You pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray again. And you don't stop. You pray, and you pray. And one version of study that I had, you ask as a beggar with humility. I need this. I'm going to die. I'm nothing. I know you don't know me, but I, I just want a chance to live. If you could just help me. I, I, I hope you would as a beggar with humility. And you ask as a traveler seeking direction, one of the meetings to the well of blessing. I'm lost. Can you help me? I, I have no idea where I'm at. I'm afraid, but God, I'm asking. I'm a traveler, and I need guidance and direction. The second thing, you seek. He says, you seek as if you're someone who's lost something of value. You don't give up. You know it's in that house somewhere. You know it's in that car somewhere. You know it's in that room somewhere. You know it's in that office somewhere. And you're going to make your mind up to say, I know it's there and I'm going to find it. Why? Because it's of value. And that person, of course, that person comes and has what's considered to be a longing, passionate relationship with Jesus. The other thing, he says, you knock. You knock. You knock with enthusiasm. There's some people knock on the door and it's a little faint knock. There's some people that I know that put a loud, you know they're there, knock. I've done that before. You knock with deliberate persistence. That person behind the door knows this person is not giving up. And then you knock with assurance that someone is at home. Have you ever experienced that? You knock, you go to the door, you ring the doorbell, nobody comes, and yet you know their home. Now, I don't know about you, but here's what he's saying. Don't leave easily. Don't run. Stay there. I had a minister friend of mine that called me one time. He was weeping, and he said, I found my father. And he said, I drove to where he's at finally. And he said, I, I went to the porch. He came, I know it's him. He said, he did not know me, and yet we look just alike. He did not know me, he didn't have a son. And this pastor friend was weeping. He said, what should I do? I said, are you there for the long haul? He said, I've been looking for years, and I found him. Are you sure? I know it's him. I said, that's real easy. Park your car. 
behind his car and sit there and be prepared to stay until he comes out. He called me five hours later and he said it worked. He was still crying, but he said, I meet him. I met him. He came out and said, son, what in the world are you doing? He said, I know who you are. You don't know me. You left me. But I just came to let you know that I love you, Dad. And that in spite of what happened to me as a kid, I'm a minister now. And I just want you to know that. He said, my dad melted down right there and put his arms around me and began to tell me that he was sorry. Now, that is a persistence that says, I will break every barrier, God. I'm not here just to play around. Matthew 7, verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, who seeks finds to him that knocks, the door will be open. And when the door opens, it unleashes, it unleashes the unlimited potential that God gives you unprecedented favor. It comes from him. It's how it works. He's telling these disciples and those listening by the thousands, if you want from the Father now, unlike when you went to temple worship, here is a way that you can do it. You have access in to the favor of Almighty God. Finally, the results. I love the results when they're positive. Matthew 7, 9 and 10. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? So here's what we know. We can relate and understand Jesus exposes the very nature of God. He said he exposes that, and it is this. It is one of parental love. Parental love. Jesus says a parent never gives his child anything that would be harmful or judgmental or derogatory for them. Mom and dad and grandparents, they don't do that. It says, hey, number one, you've been summoned to ask. Ask and you shall receive. God is saying to us, that vertical relationship, I want you to ask me if there's anything I can do for you. He said, I want you to know if you have a need in your life, I am there to help you. He's saying, I want you to know you have touched my heart as a parent by your commitment and your willingness. And I want you to know you are executing the will of the Heavenly Father in that vertical relationship. And as a result of that, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing out that you cannot take. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So we're encouraged to pray and to believe God for the very best. And we are told to believe God for everything. You see, he said, "If I'll feed you when you're hungry. He said, I will fill you up when you're empty. I'll clothe you when you're naked. I'll protect you when you're threatened. I'll heal you when you're sick. And I'll find you when you're lost. And I'll pick you up. When you're down and you think no one else cares, no one else cares, and I'll make a way where there seems to be no way, and I'll make an example of my love for you by blessing you abundantly. So as we face what we're facing today, it is encouraging to know 
that my hope is not on what the governor might say. My hope is not on how many baby steps he's going to take to open back up the economy. You see, here's what I know. God has my number. He has your number. And when we get become intimate with him vertically, there's nothing that he's going to withhold from us. And your life is going to become far more exciting than it ever would. He's saying expect the best when you pray because that's what God has in mind for you. He gives you and I in great abundance because there is unlimited potential with no boundaries in God's love for you. So would you do this? Would you be reminded that the expedient path to God is one of an experiential relationship, get in touch with him. And would you ask humbly and seek intensely and knock deliberately for those things that you need? And would you expect God's best in abundance? And you know what? That's something that you can do. You see, God is not a side note. God is all in all. He's everything. And when you humble your heart and you take your hatchet and you put it aside and you say, God, I just want more of you, more of you, more of your love. The more that you do that, the less fears you will have, the less anxiety you will have, and the greater expectation for promise you will enjoy. Here's what Jesus said, John 6, 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. That belongs to you. Amen? Let's pause for prayer. Father, we thank you tonight for the grace that goes beyond our wildest expectation. We know that we can sing that song, I'm Only Human. But you were preaching in this message to some of the most hard-headed people. They were steeped in religion. They didn't hardly understand any of the words that you were saying. They hadn't seen it being practiced ever. But you're telling them that if they just listen to what they've heard and they act on it, their life will change dramatically. You're telling them, God, even though they may not understand, they were being taught by the Son of the living God and His power and His anointing. And Lord, You have spoken through us tonight and Your Word has gone out over the community and the nation to those that are listening, some around the world. They've heard the Word. But God, there may be some that they just need to get their house in order. They need a... They need forgiveness. They need to put some emotions down. They need to put some anger down. They need to selfishness down. They need to, to put some excuses down. They, they need to just simply open up and give you all the room that you need to bring peace that passes all understanding. So I'm going to ask you, wherever you are, if you're afraid to say it out loud, then just say it in your heart. And let's repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. 
I have made mistakes. I have sinned. I have created a mess. I have allowed my heart to become hardened. But tonight, I humble my heart and I ask you for strength. I need forgiveness. Father God, please forgive me. Bring your favor into my life, into my family, and let me be a representative of a person as the deer pants for you for water. Let me be that kind of person. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Don't forget, we're going to be here. We're going to be right here Sunday morning. We are ready for you, friend. I can hardly wait as we get into that message. Thank you for being, uh, being present tonight, wherever you are. God bless you. One more little worship song. Keep it on. Here we go. It's running after me. Let's declare that tonight. Your goodness is running after me. When my life lay down, I surrender now. I give you everything. We declare that tonight. Come on, one more time. Let's declare it. With everything we got, we surrender. Your goodness. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Oh, come on, just one more time. Let's proclaim it. Come on, with authority. Through every season. Come on. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. When my life lay down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. one more time for Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Join us this coming Sunday for our next online experience. Have an incredible night.